Hello, everybody. It's Schmitty again with another episode of the podcast called Talking Schmidt. Today on the program, we have the one, the only Beagle One. Check this out. Check this out. I get to do my first raffle. Skateboard's cheap play. Never done this before. Ian Young of San Antonio, Texas. Adam Pace of Zephyr Hills, Florida. James Bullock of El Segundo, California. I left my wallet in El Segundo. You know I had to do that. And Adam Rizzolo of New Milford, Connecticut. I'm going to drop these four names into a hat. I'm going to have my lovely wife pick one out. And we're going to announce the fucking winner right here on the show. And then I'm going to give you a beagle one. Not bad, huh? You kill it. Fold these up real tight and small so there's no detection of who it is. I'm going to drop them in the old honeybee cup. When only four play, only one can win. That's the shining light. That's the sad news is there's three losers. But you didn't lose because you got a fucking kick-ass hoodie. And I threw in some extra stuff for you guys. And you probably are receiving it in the mail today. Bro, just just wait. So either way, life rips for all four of you. Fourth and final one into the cup. We'll give it the old shakerooski. Shakerooski. And then we'll be right back. When the wife gets home, she's going to pick the winner out of the boo boo cup. Blood wizard. Blood wizard. Blood wizard. Did I mention Beagle is on the program today? Now is on. Okay, kids, the excitement is mounting. My wife is here, and I'm going to give the old honeybee cup a quick shake or ruski. Make sure that nothing is planted. I don't know any of these four people, by the way, so I got no vested interest in any of it. Neither does Cheryl. But we're giving it a quick, big shake. Look at that. Ah. Who you guys got to win? All right. Now, Cheryl, pick a winner, please. Drum roll, please. And the winner is Adam Rizzolo from New Milford, Connecticut. Congrats. Congratulations, Adam Rizzolo. Thank you to James, Adam, and Ian for playing. All four of you guys rule. Hope to do this again soon. Ishad Ware, Indie Truck, Spitfire Wheels in the mail. Hey, and before we start, I want to give a big shout out to the good people at Derby of San Francisco. They're keeping me warm all winter. Every morning when it's not raining, I put a derby jacket on when I go out and get my coffee and I am not cold. So thank you. 
And if you don't know, now you know, Skateboarders on Baseball, the new podcast is exploding all over the podcast universe. Interns, we are looking for you. I am hiring. Hit me up, DM, email, talkingschmidt at gmail.com. There's a rumor that I may have one employee this year already. We could use two. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. This is Beagle One and you're listening to Talking Schmidt. Let's get it. Hey, hey, hey. Talking Schmidt. I'm already not watching. It's cool. Like, tonight is the night. Damn, this is like the coolest thing I'm ever going to do. I wouldn't say it was fun. What do you mean? Well, Christian Fletcher's younger brother. Fuck the Dodgers. Oh, big dog's in. What do you think, Dolan? Beyond? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. Alpha macaroni. Most of these guys, their opinion don't matter. Talking Schmidt, right? It's skateboarding. I remember that. Talking Schmidt. What are yuns doing? Holy shit. Skateboarding homies. No, Schmidt, you can't jump in. What is happening? Yes, we are. Wi-Fi check one, Wi-Fi check two. Oh shit, kids! <laughs> I just listened and watched the Chicken Bone Now Is On commercial from 2011, and then I followed it up with Big Money, Big Cars. I'm fired up right now. Why? Because out of SoCal, we got Beagle One in the house. What's up? That's right. Yeah, man. Chicken Bone. Chicken Bone, I was home. Dude, that shit gets me hyped. (laughs) That's a good video. Hell yeah, dude. How you living? Uh, Good, man. I'm just like out here in uh, West LA. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. I kind of stay next to the the OG. Studio City? Well, um, I'm closer to Santa Monica now, like oh. by the um, the OG courthouse with the stage. Oh, okay. Like the Nike uh, metal edges now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I live in that zone now. I've been oh. here for like two years. Okay. How you how you liking it? Closer to the ocean? Yeah, it's like 10 degrees uh, cooler over here. <laughs> yeah. Better so, air though, maybe, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I still live right by these freeways, right by the, uh, the 10 and the 405 freeway, so... Wherever there's freeways or bridges, there's a lot of like homeless people that live under there. So it's still like a, a lot of, uh, I don't know, criddlers <laughs> all over the place where I live. <laughs> no, dude, I think that's everywhere now. I used to be like, yeah. yeah, we got a homeless problem. It's like, yes, so do we. Like every, it's everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah. SF, man. I don't know when last time you've been to SF, but whew, it ain't a country club up here. No, for sure. No, it's been, <laughs> been about two years, I guess, since I've been there, but okay. damn, I can imagine. Yeah, we got Walking Dead the final season everywhere right here. I love that shit, though. I love being in The Walking Dead. Me too, dude. I wake (laughs) up every morning and I'm like a part of it. Like I get my coffee and check out everything. It's good. Sick, dog. Uh, um, Real quick, just uh, like growing up stuff. Um, I know you were born. Well, I don't know where you were born, but you were raised in like Huntington, right? That's right. Yeah, born and raised in Huntington Beach. Oh, born there too. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge part, uh, influence of who you are, right? Like getting those early, like, I mean, are you just kind of thrown into skateboarding cause you're in a surf town or like, how did you, <laughs> like, how'd you find skateboarding? Like is pretty, it's not hard to find there. Right. You know, uh, dude, I guess, man, um, um, I fuck man. I, <clears throat> where the school that I went to a middle school is called Springview and mm. there wasn't, there wasn't too many skaters there, but, uh, 
Chad Tim Tim went there, and no. he was he was the first uh, skater I ever met in like okay. the third grade. Man. Yeah, Chad Tim Tim. But uh, oh, wow. yeah, exactly. But there was only a couple of us at that school, and then um, I left that school because it was just too. I don't know. It's just like uh, I don't know. Just a bunch of kids uh, starting to I don't know, like creating little little wannabe like gangs and and shit, and it was just not a good vibe over there and then i switched schools to mesa view and uh that's the og uh, middle school where you see like guy mariano at the age of 15 doing lines and ed templeton it's all these uh ledges and three stairs and two stairs right uh, but anyway i went there for the eighth grade and that was the that was a different vibe that was a lot of skaters and surfers and then and, but i was already like i just all i cared about was skating by then you okay. know, but it was cool to have more skaters and shit to to chill with. And then um, from there, I went to Huntington Beach High School, where you could imagine it was just it was just surfers and skaters and shit. Yeah, it was cool. Uh-huh. It was a good vibe. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's a good place to grow up skating for sure. Yeah. Before you kind of like meet and hang with the heavy hitters, who are the heavy hitters going on your wall that you're hyped on, like as a kid <laughs> reading the mags and shit? Damn, dude. Um, it's super random who was on my wall. It just kind of depends on like the the photo in the magazine. I remember I even had a picture of a uh, Brent Cromuler mm. on my wall, and mm-hmm. now he's uh, he builds uh, ramps and stuff mm. professionally. Uh, but at one time he he wrote for Skechers, and I, I had this Skechers ad with Brent Cromuler doing a backside nose grind on a bench on my wall at one point, and even like Richard Mulder I had on my wall at one point. Oh yeah, yeah any of those like. I don't know, like a uh, sick little ledge uh, photos. Those are always sick. Maybe okay. a picture of Eric Costin or something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and also at that time, <clears> it's crazy. I had a lot of photos <laughs> that I tore out of magazines of Green Day on my wall. Oh yeah, yeah. It was so crazy in the in like the eighth grade, ninth grade. Um, man, I was so heavy in the Green Day. It was crazy. I would never have thought that. I know, and now. I really can't even bear to hear Green Day. It's it's crazy. I like I could care less about Green Day. Like, oh my God. Uh but they were actually they're my, my big influence actually to start playing the drums was Green Day. Uh-huh. He's a yeah. good drummer for sure. Yeah. Trey Cool, man. Trey yeah. Cool, yeah. They're yeah, all out dog. of the East Bay. They're friends with Phoebo. Oh shit, really? Yeah, yeah. They like uh they got a coffee place in Oakland and like they grew shit. up in Oakland. So like when they were young and like not huge yet, they would play at the Gilman all the time and we would see them and stuff like, and then they just exploded. I think it was the Dookie album or whatever. We just went like, now they're only playing arenas and they're just like huge. Yeah. that was And they're the, the band that that one song will come on the radio and no matter what, you can't get it out of your head all day, <laughs> whether you like it yeah, or you dude. hate it, it's in your brain for all day. You're ah. Yeah. No respect for green day. I think mm. I saw uh, last summer, mm. I was watching on the TV, they had a Lollapalooza in Chicago uh-huh. and they performed there like a two hour set or something. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was sick. And then you were pretty like into, um, I always heard that the shot, uh, the 20 shot sequence was like one of your early, like that yeah, video dude. put like kind of, did that, yeah. did that stoke you out on the skating or how it was put together or just all of it? Like did dude. that influence your skating and your cinematography? 
Dude, yes, yes. Okay. The the skating, cinematography, and all like the the Wu Tang tracks. Oh, I yeah. think that's that's what got me into Wu Tang was twenty shot sequence. Sick. But but yeah, that, uh, there was a hobby shop in uh, Huntington Beach across the street from my house on Warner and Springdale. It's called Captain Lou's Hobby Shop, oh. and it was sick. They sold a bunch of remote controlled cars and and stuff, but they had a little skating section, and that's where I saw the uh, the twenty shot sequence uh, VHS. For the first time and i got that there and that was so sick put that in see gino uh Ooh. clyde all them for the first time uh-huh. yeah it was sick uh the diversity in that video because yeah they had 101 uh blind and then you even had this company prime <laughs> in yeah. there and shit and yeah. prime was the one that none of my that was the section none of my friends liked that was, it was forward. Like, yeah 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 um some some friends would like zing us like you probably like the prime part in that video huh? <laughs> We're like oh shit no man I don't like that part man. <laughs> but yeah yeah what a great video great uh, influence and then, then when they backed that up uh, a few years down the line with uh, trilogy yeah twenty shot and trilogy those are like my all time favorite world industries videos so sick dude so sick day one what about yeah. What, what about you, uh, Schmitty? What was like one of your first uh, videos that got you uh, hyped? Oh, I mean, that's a t- I, it was Pal Peralta for sure. It was like uh, the it was before Animal Chin. There was uh, there was Pal. I think it was called like Pal TV or something. It was an early one that was kind of like, uh, you know, like I'm still crusty. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. And then Tommy Guerrero got on Pal. And his part coming out of his house and skating the hills of SF, that was just everything for us. Like we grew up like outside of the city in the suburbs. So we would be like, dude, that's our local guy. That's our, like, that's our Willie Mays of skateboarding. And, and those are what we need to learn how to skate is the streets. And that was the beginning kind of, I mean, Gons, there was a bunch of guys already but Tommy was so influential and like his style was just like, he was the coolest. He, he could wear the beret. He could wear the chain wallet. He could do no wrong. Like whatever he did, it was like Tommy's, you know, St. Eyed shirts, all that shit. It was just like, I mean, Tommy's forever for us. Yeah. So it was the Powell. And then there was the animal chin premiere at the junior college. And that was kind of when skateboarding for our generation kind of felt like whoa this is getting huge like you know like there's a a premiere at a junior college like this is wild like i love so, it yeah those were the early ones for me oh I, yeah i could see the influence there man that's so cool i mean was I, i'm kind of assuming some stuff here because i know you and i know some of the stuff but like growing up huntington that small skate park all i can think of is tom penny like, is that like, I mean, he blew our minds up here. So I, I'm thinking you live in there. You probably have some experiences where like, dude, I was there that day. Or, yeah. You know, the kickflip shifty over the hip or whatever, just smooth oh and just not trying and blowing everyone's minds. Like, that's what it was. Dude. Wow, man. What a legend, dude. And yeah, I'm so like, uh, so blessed to be uh, in Huntington at that time because uh, they actually, they, they created the Huntington skate park like the summer before I got to choose high schools. Mm. And, and that was like right connected to Huntington beach high school was the Huntington skate park. 
So when I got to choose high schools, most of my friends from ACB were going there already, but I was like, oh, I got to go right by the skate park, you know? And they had the, um, by the bike, the bike racks at high school, they had skate lockers. So kids, oh. you know, they skate to school or whatever. And then like during lunch, we could honestly just, just skate to the park and, and get a session in during lunch and then go back to, back to school, back to like fifth period or something. But wow, go to lunch and see uh, Penny, uh, <laughs> Jeff Rally, Templeton, uh, Reynolds, but all them just cruising around. And yeah, it was, it, it, you couldn't have a cooler uh, lunch in high school than seeing them shred the park, man. Damn. That was sick, dude. Okay. That's and sick, then man. was that kind of like your avenue to, I mean, is that where you met Jim and uh, Andrew and them or like? So I definitely like met them then, but I, I don't think they like, uh, I didn't really make like a presence to them. To, to, to them, I was just kind of like another kid to sell a used board to. Okay. They would, they would go to uh, the park and, and sell used boards for like five bucks or whatever, 10 bucks, you know? But um, what really got me uh, like closer with, with those guys was uh, when I made my own skate videos. Um, I got a camera at the age of 15 and between 15 and 17, I would just edit. I made like five uh, full length skate videos with just me and my friends filmed it and edited like VCR to VCR is really crunchy, really yeah. lost, lost the quality a lot when you added music and shit. By the time you had the final product, it was like glitchy ass video, you know, uh -huh. but uh, one of my friends, uh, Rob Ray was uh, always skated with Brad Hayes. And so Brad Hayes, he was kind of like the, the closest friend of ours that was a, a pro skater, you know, and and Hayes, he would go uh, hang out with uh, Reynolds and Jim and and all them, you know, go go take some some bong tokes at their house and shit. Uh -huh. And so one time Hayes had um, a video that I made with like Hayes footage in it and all of our other parts in it. And he played it at the house. And that's when uh, like Bilala and Reynolds and all them, they just they liked the video and they're like, damn, this this kid Beagle, man, he's hijinks, man. He, you know, he's he's got some spots. He's got some good angles, you know? And I think uh, that's when I saw them after that. They're like, Beagle, man, your video's sick, man. You know, I'm like, oh, thanks, dude. And then uh, what happened was at that age, like probably like 16 years old, uh, yeah, junior in high school pretty much, that's when I kind of started like, I don't know, I, I, I went into the liquor cabinet <laughs> at home, kind of uh -huh. discovered, discovered booze a little uh -huh. bit. And... Uh, I was like a little, I don't know, like, yeah, I was, I don't know if I was just curious or what, but I was, I started drinking like at 15, 16. Right. And there was, there was the local uh, skate park that was closer to we lived uh, than the Huntington Beach skate park. The Huntington Park was like a mile away, but the local park right a block away was Murdy, Murdy Skate Park. And it's known as the ashtray. It's like one of the tiniest skate parks <laughs> in the world. Have you ever seen it in person? I don't think so. I've oh, heard dude. of it, but I don't well, know. It's hilarious. It's almost like the size of like a living room okay. or something. It's like little two foot tall ramps and drops and whatever. You only okay. got one, one push before every obstacle, you know? So you really, <laughs> you get to really like, I don't know, work on your like, uh, no write-up skills at that mm. part, like work with what you have. But one day, um, I went to, uh, Murdy park. We had these homeless, uh, the, the bums there, 
they would, uh, if you gave them five bucks, they would go buy themselves a 40 ounce and buy you a 40 ounce. Oh, no so, way. yeah. So we're like, oh, oh, go get the bums, get us some 40s. Yeah. Disgusting 40s, too. They're called magnums, like Mag- gross. Yeah. <laughs> gross, like disgusting. Like this red. is worse than old English. It's like almost, yeah, it's pretty much worse than old English. It's <laughs> like the liquor almost looks, or the alcohol looks red or almost. It's <laughs> like, oh. So anyway, uh, that this one day I was at Murdy and I bought, uh, had this bum get me a 40. And then I went to the uh, Carl's Jr. across the street and I got this large soda cup and poured the 40 in there. And then I was like just drinking, uh, I think even in the bathroom, I was just drinking this 40 ounce in like a, a Carl's Jr. cup through a straw, getting fucked up. And I was like 16, uh-huh. drinking by myself basically. Right. And then I, I went home that day spinning and then I, I went to bed and I woke up for school the next day. And I was like, where's my backpack? Like, I need to get my backpack ready for school. And then it all hit me right then. I was like, holy shit. I used my backpack to smuggle the 40 ounce yesterday, oh. which also which also had my uh, video camera in it. My video camera that I made these videos with was oh. in the bag. And it all just, I started tripping out. It was like 7.30 in the morning. I'm like, mom, dad, I can't find my backpack. The camera was in it. God, little do they know. Like I was just all hung over as like a little kid. Uh, but oh, I couldn't believe it. It was the m- most devastating experience ever. Like you l- left your video camera at Murdy Park in a bag. But the thing is, I wasn't even thinking that I had my camera with me. I was just using the backpack to smuggle 40s. So I'm like, right. oh, I got my 40. And I left the bag at the skate park. Never got it. I never found it. But a few months went by and then that's when at at the time uh my neighbors which was uh reynolds and greco and all them we all ended up uh after i had met them we all uh uh coincidentally we moved into the same apartment building together oh. so we're like neighbors it was almost like a home improvement style with the was it uh, not who's Wilson is Wilson the the neighbor where you never see his mouth. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. It's like Andrew right there. Like, hey man, <laughs> like is that. that on? Is that on Warner? Warner, yeah. Oh, so that yeah, was Warner. the beginning. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, um, they, my neighbors, uh, Reynolds, Greco, Blala, and Jay Strickland, who was the team manager of Birdhouse at the time, mm-hmm. they're all they're all creating uh, Baker. And before Baker was even a company, they made the the video Baker bootleg. And I had gone out in a session with them and got like a, like an extra angle, like a long lens uh, VX angle. And uh, that's when Greco was trying to uh, back notes, but the Bricktown 10 stereo oh. and, and in the Baker bootleg video. If you see that video, there's footage of like Jim, like on the ground, kind of like, like you hurt his back or something. And then I'm filming the, uh, the four in one filmer call in, uh-huh. And then they were just like, oh, this is great. He's just got this eye for hijinks. Like he's just letting the camera roll, you right. know, like like getting all this like whatever shit. Uh, so they're like, you know what? Like we're, we're going to make this Baker 2G video. Um, let's let Beagle film it. And so that's when they gave me the VX1000 camera. And I was so hyped because, you know, I had just lost my camera a few months before then. So now I got a new camera, which is like the, 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 the sickest camera, you know, at the time too. Yeah. 
And uh, it was just a great opportunity. And that's what's, um, I graduated high school and I was just right into filming uh, Baker 2G for like a, a year. Yeah. And it came out in 2000 and then they, they made the board company uh, right after that Baker. And yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, just really at the right, the right place at the right time uh, for me. What a magical time, right? I mean, that's in the same period too, or was Greco the one that coined you Beagle or Reynolds? Uh, one of those you, guys, right? You know what? Uh, it was either Jay or, uh, or even Brian Sumner. I, I just, uh, I just remember Sumner's uh, uh, English accent. Like you're always like Beagle, you look like Beagle, you uh, know, and, and, and out everyone just dust in, they just kept calling me Beagle. And, and at first I was like, man, uh, like, why do they call me Beagle, man? And then Lenosi was the one that like got me to accept it. He's like, man, Beagle's tight, man, because they called me Beagle because I resembled Josh Beagle yeah. from Foundation at the time. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I don't know, I just I, Josh Beagle wasn't like one of my favorite skaters. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to be Beagle, you know. And Lenosi's <laughs> like, no, nah, Beagle's tight, man. Like Beagle's sick. I'm like, all right, cool, man. But you do look like him, so yeah. it's like there's nothing you could do. Is you already that's look funny. Like him. No, it's funny, man. And th- there's still people like. Five percent of the skate population still thinks that I am Josh Beagle. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, what? You think Baker and Foundation <laughs> is the same filmer oh. this whole time? Like, no way. So yeah, if if, if you didn't know when you're watching Josh Beagle's Foundation, myself okay. is Baker Beagle one. And then so, how did it evolve to Beagle one? And then one ism, like, is ism still a thing? Like, what's the whole deal? Yeah, yeah. So that would be. Uh, that would be Jay Strickland, kind of like he he kind of gave me that oneism to okay. to just different, like you know, make make me and Josh Beagle just different, you know, like oh he's this Josh Beagle, this is Beagle oneism, and I think he just kind of uh, Jay being like a graffiti artist and shit, just kind of I don't know his his slang, he, he just knew of these isms and stuff, used isms, and he was just yeah oneism, you know, and mm. I just just sounded cool like all right cool so then uh now i just use beagle one for short actually beagle one but i mean but but really just people just call me beagle really i'm just happy with that yeah i mean in in skateboarding there's a handful of guys maybe like i was thinking about before i was like who do you know that you know them by a name that is not their name like frex (laughs) lizard king maybe train wreck beagle like who yeah. else that that was my instant you know like, yeah like my name's greg smith but everyone knows me as schmitty like they're like wait yeah. greg who's greg you know yeah yeah like and you're ryan right like so yeah. but nobody knows yep. you as that right so it's <laughs> like right. if, if someone calls ryan you're like oh is that my mom like wait what oh exactly you know? so no, that's exactly. i don't know it's kind of cool though in a way like i always call freck sean stewart because nobody else does so i all you know like mike plum lizard king like i know their real names i'll be like what's up sean stewart he's like what's up greg <laughs> no yeah and um that's how i know it when some people are trying to be like more um uh, like personal or something though right you know and i and i <clears throat> it, they give themselves away when they they call me josh and that's when I got to be like, you know, I'm not Josh Beagle, right? Like, you know, <laughs> but that'll happen like twice a year or something like it. Okay. And it's funny because he'll be someone like that. I, that, that, I, that I thought I knew better, you uh-huh. know, and then they'll just hit me at the at the end of a, a session. Be like, all right, Josh, take care. And I'm like, wait, what? Right? This whole time you think I'm Josh Beagle? No, man. 
So if we're playing back to the future and you go back in time and you're looking at one of the best decisions of your life that got you to where we are today, is it moving next door to Reynolds? Is it meeting Brad Hayes? Like what's the kind of thing that you're like, thank God I did that. I like, you know, that really helped me where I am today. I mean, yeah, definitely like being able to film uh, Hayes uh-huh. kind of got me where I am today. But if you go further back, it's really just um, having the camera and, and, and making those videos. Okay. You know, if I if I didn't make those videos um, for them to see, like, you know, that I was able to do that, right. then they, I, they might not have ever really considered me, really. So right. it really all comes down to, I guess, just getting that first video camera at 15 that I left at Murdy Park. That that camera really helped get me to where I am today. It's a interesting thing. Kids always ask me, um, you know, how do I do it? How do I do it? And the answer, like the easy answer is put in the work. <laughs> like oh, things yeah. are going to fall onto your lap occasionally, but not very often. You need to put in the work. So when they do fall into your lap, you're able to, to do it. You yeah, know, this it's not a free ride ever. You have to know what you're doing and be able to be skilled and be able to sit in a van and and hang out with different types of people and all those different things. They're they're very important parts of it. But if you don't know how to turn the camera on, that it's not happening. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's so. got to be in you. Yeah, it's got to be the passion that you enjoy doing, dude. One little side story though that's so insane uh-huh. is kind of during that same uh period actually or that that same uh like year it's so gnarly that i almost blew it completely like i almost would not be here filming these guys today it was so gnarly i almost i basically i left the vx the new camera that they gave me i left that in another backpack at oh. another spot and luckily it was still there but it, like th- once they gave me the vx i had maybe had it for maybe a, a a couple weeks and we we're all skating. I was skating with them like Greco and Lenosi and we were driving, uh, hitting spots in Santa Ana. And there is this school called uh, Taft elementary school. And it's a shootout four stair ledge that like Alyssa did like a Nolly lip in the old toy machine video. Uh-huh. It's like a well-known spot, but anyway, uh-huh. we had gone there on a weekday and it was like school was still in the, the parking lot was full of cars and the ledge, the four-stair ledge with the planter next to it is uh, right next to the parking lot. And when we got there, I put the video camera down in the in the planter. And then we had skated around and we got kicked out. And then we just went on with our day, went to the next spot, didn't take the camera out. Um, I didn't know till that night. Luckily, that night, I was going to film some other friends of mine that I grew up skating with. And we were going to go light up a, a spot. And I'm looking in my car and I'm like, what the fuck? Where is the camera again? I'm like, what, where is it? And I'm like, wait a minute. I called uh, the the house. I called the Nosy and I'm like, Leno, have you, have you seen the camera? It's like, what? No, let me see. Let me see if it's here. <laughs> and I hear, I hear Jim in the background. He's like, Oh, Beagle lost the camera. He lost the camera. I'm like, Oh shit. He's like, no, it's not here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, all good, all good. I know where it is. And I fucking got in the car and drove to Taft. And it was so insane. All the empty parking lot. Everybody's gone. It's desolate nighttime. And there's 
the the bag with the camera and it just in the planner nobody mm-hmm. grabbed it nobody like i don't know if nobody saw it or what but it was the biggest blessing of my life uh, oh wow. like a, a second chance a, again because yeah. i that that would have been it that would have been it like beagle lost the vx like next next filmer you know so that that was a blessing dude does that kind of teach you at an early age? Like I need to hold on to this thing. Like, are you a little extra militant now? Like I never want to have that out of my sight. Like, are you kind of more in tune with it? Like I'm not leaving a hundred percent. Yeah. No, a hundred, a hundred percent. Like if you drive, if you drive your car to a spot and, and you could park next to the skate spot, I'll just leave my bag in the car. And just get the cameras. Till somebody wants to film something for sure. Cause that's what would throw me off is I would bring the camera out, put it down and then nobody would film anything. And I'm just like, Oh, back to the car. Da da da. Like, you know, camera's still in the car, but mm. uh, yeah, definitely pay more attention to that shit now. <laughs> and I was going to say, don't make any mistake. You're not just a filmer. You love skateboarding and you skate very well. Like, is there, a mindset when you're going out is there sometimes where you're like i'm not even bringing my skate skateboard i'm bringing only my filmer board because i can't lose focus today or are you just is it just like duh no you always have my skateboard and i'm gonna skate if there's an opportunity like how how do you like make sure to like be in the right zone so the dudes you're with know you're ready when they're ready and yeah that, you know what i mean yeah yeah no exactly um definitely bringing my cruiser filmer board out number one and mm. if it's like a a ledge spot or something that has potential i might want to skate i'll i'll have the the street board and the cruiser board you know and i'll put them both down but um yeah never really just pull up to the spot with all these amazing skaters with just my street board because mm. obviously you got to go like all right why am i here why do i have a job it's got it's filming's number one of course you know but I mean, don't kid yourself. You have definitely, I know if you ask Andrew Reynolds, he'll tell you Beagle gets me hyped. Like you've probably been just fucking around on some ledge with them, did something and got them fired up to do something that you filmed after. And that's got to feel amazing. Oh yeah. No, definitely, man. No, it's cool to, uh, to be able to like warm up with them if it's a nice fun spot. Yeah. yeah and then we all get sparked off each other. Yeah, for sure. Not yeah. super fun. Um, do you remember one of like, the Baker 2G, if you took that whole video and its experiences, was there one pinnacle hijinks or gnarly mission or something that just blew you away where you're kind of young and still a little green and you're like, this fucker just back three, third, you know, whatever it is. Like, what, like, is there something that sticks out like, oh, this is pro shit? Like, dude, I'm here, like, that, you know, getting you hyped. Um, yeah, man. Fuck. Yeah. Reynolds, Sumner. Yeah, they they would do some sick ass shit back then, but but I remember one particular uh mission, one of the first ones was um we all drove, I think uh Reynolds drove probably even the Honda when he had it. Uh it was me, Reynolds, uh Lenosi, mm. and maybe one other person, but we all uh drove to San Diego and uh I think uh, we met up with uh, Tony Hawk and shit oh. and tony hawk i think that's my first time meeting him but he he treated us to um see the movie uh fight club no and, and yeah yes yeah, so anyway we saw the fight club movie 
and then we stayed at uh, Bucky Lassick's house, and and then I think it was the next day we all went to the uh, the Med Choice Gap, big uh, Gap parking lot to parking lot in San Diego, and uh-huh. that session that session was so sick because uh, Reynolds did a full cab down it, and Lenosi did a switch hard flip down it, and it's so huge the switch hard flip, and that was in uh, Baker Two G, but that was just one of the one of the mini sessions where you're just like, damn, these fools are just hucking, you know, they're so like almost sound like a superhero level, you know, Insane. so sick to see. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the clips you're talking about Greco, the back nose blowing, that stands out to me because <laughs> when Jim was into his, like, you know, he was a different Jim back then he would come up and stay in the city. Like I switched, I filmed that switch frontside flip at Lincoln and he wow. went there like you know, I think three or three different times and made it two of the three times he went. But one time the photo didn't come out as what they wanted. So they went back to shoot it again, you know, because it was a cover. And just his person, I-, I remember just like, this is a special motherfucker. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, you yeah. know, like partying hard at night. And then the next day, just, t- I mean, there's a few. Dolan still can pull it, I think. But oh, like, yeah. There's not a lot of guys that can party all night and then skate hard the next day at that caliber. And that was just like, wow. Yeah. That was, yeah. That's how, you know, they're on another level and they, they knew what they had to do. You know, Uh they, some of them still do, you know, but, but uh, yeah, at that time it was like, they had the highest uh, stair count tricks, you know, like Reynolds and like you said, the switch fronts, I flipped down the 13 stair Lincoln at that time. in like what, 2000 or something. Yeah, dude. Like even (laughs) till this day, it's like, what? Not many people could jump down those stairs, but yeah, Yeah. they knew, they knew what they had to do. They knew they had to skate 15 stair rails at that time to just put them on this other level, you know, so Mm. sick, but yeah, the, the work F yeah. Party, but also have that, that work ethic, you know, Mm -hmm. Right. So sick. Um, and you're kind of, is it true? Maybe you're not really editing too much. You like to just film and then uh, the other dudes will do the editing. I mean, when it comes down to Baker videos, yeah. that's, that's Reynolds. It's like his, his Andrew gets in there. Yeah. Okay. He's the boss, you know, it's his company, you know, yeah. Baker. So he's, you know, got a particular taste, you know, he knows how he wants things to look. So it's kind of mm. hard sometimes for me to, like, hey, uh, Drew, let me edit this for you. Because I know he he not only has the editing skills himself, but like a vision himself. So when it comes to the Baker side of things, I usually just kind of step back and, and just hand in the footage as organized as I can and just kind of let him do that. So, yeah, Reynolds, he, he's the one that edited Baker 3, Baker 4, Baker has a death wish. Um, oh. Yeah, I mean, maybe Dustin kind of, would help like edit Dustin his, will do part. his part or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like I gotta like, do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but for the most part, um, yeah. Reynolds does all the, the Baker editing, but, I, but, but I did learn how to edit um, maybe like six years ago or something, which I'm so grateful for to, to kind of keep my job like with uh-huh. uh, social media or, or whatever yeah. I could like put out like Instagram edits or other little projects like that. So it's good uh, to finally know how to edit, but yeah, but but full length Baker videos, I usually you know Reynolds is just he'll he'll take that over, you know. 
Okay. What came first? The two time or shock or shake junk? Um, I feel like the same time. No, but it had it had to have been two times because that that was that's all Shane. That that was Shane's uh handshake. Uh and yeah, it had to have been like oh four, oh five, maybe even yeah, it was before Shake Jen. Yeah, probably like oh three, oh four. I'm not sure where he got it, but <laughs> it just stood out, you know, is every time you saw Shane, it's like two times if you know me, you know, and, and then and then it just all the homies would start doing it. And uh, now it's just associated with uh, Shake Junt or even Baker. They're like, oh, it's the Baker handshake. But really, it's the the Shane Shake Junt shake, you know? Is there a better hype man than Shane? <laughs> no. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, he's oh, he's got so much passion. So oh, much passion dude. for skating. Yeah, I just talked to him this morning. I was like, all right, I got Beagle on today. What We got to pencil you in. Come on, let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Hell Big yeah, love dude. for Shane. Um yep. What was the uh, origin story of Shake Jump, though? Was that like, I know the, where the name came from and stuff. Was that just like, we? was that you and um, Shane together with, or how did it go? So Shake Jump was always Shane's vision. Okay. Yeah, like ever, ever since probably even, so the first Shake Jump video, uh, it came out in 2005, same year as Baker 3. Uh-huh. But, but even like a, few years before then i remember just like being with shane and and he would play this this song the the shake junk song by uh, lil jen and skinny pimp um he would play that song and he would just be like man i'm gonna i'm gonna skate to this one day you know like and and nobody else really heard that song it was such like a underground memphis rap early 90s crunchy so uh -huh. when you heard it it was like Shake John, you know, it's just this impact like, whoa, this is this like slaps you in the face. This song, this is what it's all about. And so he always had this vision and appreciation for just the song alone. He's like, I need to skate to this or something. And then finally, a couple of years go by and Shane's not filming a part. He's kind of still just in the mix, kind of like partying, drinking, filming and stuff. And then it, it occurred to him, he's like, you know, I, I want to make this video, just a, a full length video, because he had been filming uh, second angles of like the Baker sessions and stuff and coming to like stack in some of his own footage and stuff. And he's like, yeah, let's put out this video. Uh, we'll call it Shake Junt, you know, and that was like maybe 04, 03, mm. you know, the, the, the vision started coming together to make this video. And he he asked me, he said, it's like, B, you got any skate clips for this video, Shake Junt? And at that time, the last video part that I filmed for was uh, Baker 2G. So mm -hmm. that is in 2000. So here we are, 2003, 2004. I got all this footage I've been, uh, or tricks myself that I've been accumulating. Mm. And uh, and so I just gave them a tape. I firewired all my clips, sent them the tape. And I remember... Uh, I was on the freeway one day uh, getting off work and I was talking to Shane on the phone and he was so hyped. He's like, Beagle, do you understand how much like footage you have? Like <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to have a full part in this video. If you're down, I'm like, really full part in the section video. Fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so Shane, he put together that video. He edited. I don't even know what software he did edit mm -hmm. that on, but he put that whole video together with myself ryan thomas uh reno flip 
Um, and then it's like, like a Baker kind of uh, second angle kind of section. Um, oh, yeah, Braden, Eric Almoto. It mm. all came together. You had just the amount of people with just the amount of footage make like a at least a half hour long video. Yeah. Uh, so that was like the the start of, of Shake John. It was just the video at the time in 05. And, and of course, just like he thought, anybody that saw that video was just like hypnotized by the song, you know, uh-huh. the song would come up before everybody's part with the, the, the name, with the flashy bulb, shake John, you know, yeah. it was just really like catchy, you know, and he, and he knew it, he knew it was going to be catchy. So shortly after that, um, well, I remember Shane, he, he became like sober, uh, not too long after that. And he kind of like was like on his own kind of recovery and stuff, mm. uh, doing his thing and his mind. Right. And he, he kind of came back, around the you know the homies and you know we just kept the uh the whole shake uh culture going you know like uh reno had uh kind of been on the shake jump myspace you know just just keeping uh shake jump relevant to, mm. to kids kind of social media stuff and then when the time came you know it's like shane made it a, a company you know an, an accessories company you know with the grip tape and bolts bearings shirts yeah. all that stuff so yeah in um 05 it was a video up until 08 it was when it was like a- official company out of baker boys okay and then yeah and then till this day yeah shane shane just 100 percent, you know running that company all of his visions and ideas so oh, sick i love it yeah so yeah. sick uh is the vx still going to be used in the future will there be vx projects or has it retired or what 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 are your thoughts on vx versus hd um you know it's like yeah particular i don't know like if if people have a project that they they want kind of like on ledges or like some downtown skating or something i i don't know sometimes they're like yeah let's just make this a vx uh part or vx project but Mm -hmm. But it's so rare these days for someone to sacrifice, like film a whole part in VX, you know? Mm. So that's why people just don't even really touch it. They're like, hey, I'm just going to keep filming the H- HD so that it could be used in some HD parts I'm working on or something. So it's like a big sacrifice for someone to be like, yo, you got the VX? Let's film with the VX, you know? Um, so I think it's rare. It's definitely rare. But I... um it does get used every now and then still. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah. My, mine gets used right now to digitate, to, to digitize tapes. Yeah. I've been trying to get all my shit on hard drives. So it's like, yeah. cause you know, those tapes will get glitchy over time and stuff. So I'm trying to just make yeah. sure I have it all for the longevity. Shit, dude. It's a gnarly process though, man. You yeah. know, you've probably got like t- four times oh. as many tapes as I got. Man. Oh yeah. Like, Whoo! Yeah, yeah, but, so. I, yeah. I guess mainly because it's it's just that real time uh, capturing, you know. Like, yeah, you you got to upload that shit and like as it's playing, sixty minutes per tape. Yeah, you know, there's no like shortcut to it. It's like no, fuck. exactly. So when I'm editing long days, like if I'm a- editing eight hour day, I could do like seven or eight tapes that day. Like do do it while I'm editing. Like I I do a two station process. Like all right, play record, boom. 
okay, now edit. And then set my, uh, I set my timer for an hour. Alarm goes off, switch the tape, do another one. It's, oh, good for you. Dude, yeah, good for you, man. That's, that's the ideal way to do it. But I, yeah. I can't do it that way because if I take my eyes off it for a second and try doing something else, yeah, I'll miss or I'll, I'll miss a glitch or something uh-huh. or like, or like a, that would cause the, the audio to cut out for a second. Like uh-huh. when I, when I play it back. So I have to seriously pay attention the whole time it's capturing. It's right. crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. I wish I could multitask like you, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, for some reason, uh, yeah, I'll, it'll glitch out. Sometimes I got to like catch the glitch. You got to get this thing. I got you and showed it to me. It like kind of just, it just goes through like it never stops no matter if there's a glitch or nothing like it'll it'll just go through and then you can just kind of watch it through and then if you had a section or something you can go back and just go to those sections if you wanted to like re-import just like that 30 second clip or something like that oh yeah so So you don't have you don't have to worry about time code breaks and stuff when you capture for for this yeah for this thing it's super easy too i just want to San Diego, basically this is it, and you just you just hook this up to your camera, and then it this this screen, and then you hit record, and then it just records it all. You put in this uh, zip drive, like a a zip drive goes right in here, it's like poop, and then that's yeah. your hard drive that it's putting it on. So if you have like sixty four gig hard drive, you could probably do like. I don't know, 20 tapes or something, then take it out and put it onto your computer, wipe it out and do it over. You know what I mean? Hey, hell yes. me, no. Damn. That's the way to do it. Hey, COVID lockdown. I, I learned <laughs> some stuff. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So we all make mistakes, though. I was wondering if there's one that sticks out to you where like you reversed filmed or you deleted a make or anything like in the history of like whether it was HD or back in the early days on the VX or something where you're like, how am I going to tell this dude that I don't have the clip? (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, I've done it for sure. So I just wondered if one sticks out to you like. Andrew, that front yeah. side flip, we might yeah. have to do it again. <laughs> no, yeah, that I mean, luckily it hasn't been many times, but the one I'll I'll always remember the most is when Andrew um it was one night at the uh West Hollywood 12 stair, San Vicente 12 stair mm-hmm. that he skates a lot. He did a or Herm did an Ollie tray flip down, so yellow stripes, all that stuff. Mm. Um um Andrew did a line there front 180 over the planner on top and then a, a fakey front side flip down the 12 stair did it perfect and for some reason it just didn't exist like i don't know what happened but it didn't exist on the tape i don't even know if i recorded over it or, or what happened but huh. it was gone and we went back like that next night lit it up again he did the same shit again 180 fakey front side flip the 12 that's in uh baker three so he went back and redid that, but obviously, uh, he's going to be the most understanding and capable to redo something, you know, right. he's like, Oh yeah, get the job done, you know? Uh, but, uh, luckily it hasn't happened to, you know, like imagine if that happened to like Ellington's backside, big spin, the Carl's bad gap <laughs> or something like that. Like yeah. I could get like beat up like bad <laughs> or lose my job, get jumped. Mm. but uh but uh luckily that was one of the only times and then and then also 
maybe a few years back on the HD, um, I would have I would use this HD camera, uh, the Lumix uh G H four. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing with the HVX, the Panasonic HD camera, mm-hmm. like as you record, you can mark clips. Yep. Like as it's even recording, you hit this like user one button, boom, yeah. marked. And exactly. then yeah, so when you clear the card or you just delete everything not marked and shit. But uh-huh. with the with the GH4, I couldn't figure out how to like mark it like right. as I was recording. It was weird. So I would have to, you know, that night or the next day just sit in the living room on the couch and just kind of like delete all uh irrelevant, useless clips just to save space on the hard drives and shit. Yep. You know, like yeah, every time you dump a card, it's like 50 uh gigabytes or something right uh when really if you just had all the makes it'd be like five gigabytes i don't know so um i think i i deleted a, a t-funk uh clip oh he did he did like on this like uh this mound like this big old like kick flip over the mound to to grind down like this hubba thing and i deleted that shit and uh i think we went and did it again uh after it but yeah that's just the worst feeling oh my god ever wow yeah i know man it's happened a few times to me too and like especially early on it was worse because you would usually be the only filmer nowadays a lot of times there's two filmers so if you fuck up at least the other guy got the other angle hopefully you know yeah in the early days like if you're the only dude and you're just like dude i'm sorry i don't know what happened (laughs) wow that's a heavy one when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk a little bit about Baker Makers. Are those still, uh, how do we feel about them? It's, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. You don't want a Baker Maker, you know, obviously. No one envisions them riding away uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Baker Maker style, but uh, it's cool that uh, you got that as a like scapegoat or something. Like, you're like, oh man, Baker Maker, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hands on the ground. Uh, like, yeah, pick up the chains. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, if, if need be, you know, we'll, we'll still use them, you know, mm-hmm. especially if it's like crazy or if it just looks, you know, steezy. Right. It's like, oh, sick. It kind of adds to it, I guess. Kind of makes it look like gnarlier. Like, oh, fuck, you had to touch the ground and recover, get up, you know. But yeah. uh, I ideally, no one's thinking like, I want a baker maker, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, the, uh, not the end goal. No, exactly. But yeah, we still use baker makers. We'll do it. My favorite baker maker of all time yeah. is is uh, Greco. I think it might have got used in the Death Wish video in 2013, but uh, there's this big-ass 15 stair in Oxnard, and Jim, he went there a couple of times for it, but he nolly backside flips the 15. <laughs> it was so gnarly, and <laughs> he does a double baker maker. Like, there's, like, basically he takes, he's riding away, and both his hands hit the ground twice. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, that's hilarious. But that was like the most classic 
double Baker Maker. Like, you ever seen the one where like they lean forward, put the hands down, and push themselves so hard that they have to on the lean back they touch their head like the cop. That's the best. (laughs) That's the best. Like just multiple hand touches. Yeah, just yeah. I back it. I fucking back it. I remember Mike Carroll skating contest and I all remember this till the day I die. He would do a trick and be laying down, but his feet were still on the board. He's like, it's a make. (laughs) Yep, exactly. (laughs) That's so sick. Yeah. Uh, Let's get into music, man. Cause this is kind of how you and I met each other and bonded and everything in the early days um, through the goat and whatnot. But like, I think your your family has a little musical background. Is is that how you kind of dove into playing the drums, or like how yeah. did the, the, this whole thing start? Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, my, my uh, mom actually like sang like in nightclubs and stuff. And oh. my dad, my dad's been a bass player since he was like ten years old till this okay. day. You know. Yeah. Um, so that's how they met. They were friends in a band. They were actually in a band called the Joe Mamas at one time. My mom and dad. Yeah. And so that like when I was born, you know, my dad was always uh, gigging uh, random places, playing bass every night. He'd get get dressed in his nice black pants and use the lint roller, you know, go out, go out and yeah, yeah, play bass somewhere and come back. Um, But yeah, it's always been around me. Yeah. Music and yeah, my dad having like a kind of like a studio um, in the garage and stuff like that. So, um, when I, when I finally got like an interest to play drums from, from green day, um, my dad, they were hyped, you know, and, uh, I would actually play, um, I had drumsticks, but I would set up, uh, phone books on the ground in my bedroom and -hmm. I would just get on the carpet, like sit on the carpet Indian style and just like hit these phone books, like, pretending they're like tom-tom drums you know even though they all sound the same but i would play a green day song on the uh, cassette player and just like uh, do you have the time to listen to you know this fucking <laughs> try to like learn the 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 drumming part uh, okay. on the phone books and then that's how they knew they're like all right he's not playing he's still playing these phone books on the carpet <laughs> like maybe we should get him a drum set or mm. something i think that was uh i think that might have been my uh 13 when i was 13 it was like a christmas present was uh my first drum set no way and then uh yeah yeah That's and then the they fast yeah oh so amazing an actual kick drum and and yeah. cymbals and so sick um and then they they um took me to get some drum lessons at a a store right next to murdy park it was called huntington music so i i i got a few lessons and just learned the the basics of drum like the just the counting, you know, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And, uh, yeah, that, that was it. That's how I pretty much just got into it. And then like, so you, you kind of were doing that on the side or whatever. And then eventually, um, what are you talking to Andrew or Shane? Like, how does the goat? Oh, dude. Okay. So, so get this. (laughs) <laughs> this kind of this kind of makes me uh this reassures myself that there's still hope to actually play drums because right now it's a the longest hiatus ever of playing the drums. I haven't I haven't even sat down and jammed or played the drums since 2015 when we we're all on a Baker tour in New York. We we played our last goat show 
at a uh, Max Fish at the bar. Oh. Yeah, that was sick. But ever since then, we just haven't jammed together. We haven't played. Um, just I don't know because we're just busy and we just been playing the same songs. Uh-huh. And we just we whenever we get together and jam, it's like to practice for a show instead of actually creating new songs. So right. it just kind of finally just got to this point where like ah uh, we know we did this did that like you know we got all this shit to do now. Um, but it's like an eight year hiatus like I went through before, like when I was thirteen. And I had this passion for drums and Green Day and all this shit. And then I got into Wu Tang and mm. I just stopped playing the drums. I was just like, ah, oh, whatever, just skate, listen to Wu Tang, you know. And then so much time went by until the GOAT started, which is like that time when Shane became sober in like 2006. One of his uh, creative outlets was like writing lyrics, you know, making songs. And Reynolds, he had been sober for about five years uh, at that point. And one of his outlets was like playing guitar. So Shane and Andrew got together uh, and with their new hobby, like making some songs. And I was like, shit, I, I actually could play the drums. Like I, I grew up playing the drums, which I hadn't in a long ass time, like nine years uh-huh. till then. So that got me sparked again to to relearn how to play the drums. And then we we played as a band from 2007 to uh, 2015, about eight years. So it's like it's like a pattern to me. It's like a interesting. Yeah, it's like an eight year kind of like hiatus. So and this then, could be the year to bring it back. Yeah, exactly. That's what All keeps right. me like, well, fuck, if I went through this hiatus before, I could probably do it again, you know. But at Dude. the same time, it's kind of like intimidating you know because you're like fuck how do we just dive back in like if someone asked us to play a show you know it'd be like oof i don't even know if i could fucking you know to like i don't know it's like a bunch of cobwebs in the brain like Mm. oh shit like how does that song go like oh the symbol right you know the ride symbol there or whatever but anyway i'm kind of looking forward to uh like dusting Uh, off the cobwebs again soon hopefully that'd be fun Bitches in the bathroom yeah. doing blow. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. No, that was so fun, Schmitty, man. Those uh, uh, skate rock chips, man. Well, I wanted so to talk about it a little bit because I think you guys did one in Arizona before skate rock where you opened up for Bad Brains at Phoenix Am. Yeah. And that was fucking, I don't know, that, that's got to be up there probably as one of the best shows you ever played. I mean, you guys did dinosaur jr you open for cat power you guys have done some cool stuff but to me bad brains is like whoo that's a tough one but um that was probably the first time you played with bad shit too right yeah yeah so that that was kind of i don't know the idea was like we're gonna go on skate rock and then this is gonna happen first but this is gonna be kind of like a little bonding too and then we're gonna go on the skate trip but it's not just going to be for Thrasher. It's going to be for another skate mag too. Two mags, one trip. Never been done before. Probably never done again. <laughs> and we got fucking Burnett bumping shoulders with Atiba before Atiba was Thrasher. We got Ty Evans, me and P-Stone and yourself like videotaping. Wow. And we're like, I personally, 
I was like, is this going to work? I was a little nervous because I was like, is there going to be animosity like mag versus mag, like that kind of shit? Like how, who, who's going to get the, the epic shot? Like all that shit. What happened was the best time maybe of my life. It was so insanely sick. Like we had Spanky in our van towards the end and he was just like, instantly a homie i didn't know him that well and like herman was sitting next to me the whole trip and we're talking fishing up in his area where he grew up and just like bonding every stop like high fives and there was no animosity and it was the greatest time and i just wonder like what your guys perspective was was that like you had already been going a bit but that had to a kickstart into like whoa this is even another level of what we could do oh yeah man um Dude, yeah, that was amazing. I the uh <clears throat> what I remember the most about those trips is like dude, like I'm sure every bar that had us perform regretted <laughs> it so much because what do we, I mean, what do we we started in Atlanta, we yep. went up like to North Carolina, uh to New York. Is Atlanta yeah. to New York was the final uh yeah. but whatever it was like probably six shows, but every bar we play the show by uh, the end of the sets uh grant taylor and all of them just sent off fireworks in the bar <laughs> yeah. it was insane like fools tripping like the fireworks in the bar oh yep. my god it was insane but like you said yeah it was just we all got along so good neck um, face is blowing like a, a fire torch like light yeah. a lighter blowing it over trixie's head or whatever it's just like i mean that was some serious hijinks <laughs> That was so epic, dude. Like, yeah, like a, a rock star fucking skate tour. Wow. Uh, well, that's yeah, epic as fuck, man. But yeah, I love, yeah, the whole um I love how skating and and, and rock like go hand in hand and shit. That's right? sick, man. And, and you know, we would we would get to travel as skaters, like just to play shows, you know, like mm. like um I mean basically like France, you guys just yeah. came in and like it was Ativa's birthday. He brought Akko. Yeah. And I feel like you guys were there maybe three days at the most. Yeah, dude. They they happen to have been on any America tour, a Europe America tour at that time. So uh-huh. like Reynolds and even Shane went on the tour, Spanky, uh, like it all worked out for them. We're all in Paris. We we did the the Thrasher 30 anniversary, 30 year uh-huh. uh, party with Dan dinosaur jr and them and uh and then they kept going to like other european countries but me i just flew out there just for that show you know mm. like so i was literally in paris for like two days and flew home <laughs> you know but Ooh. if it weren't for music or playing the show i wouldn't have gone to paris uh then you know or we've had a lot of trips to like canada to play goat shows uh-huh. which it's cool because we get to go and then we get to film skating too but it's crazy to think that that music uh, would get us to travel, you know, is epic. What's the feeling? Okay. Like, I guess my question is when you're going into it early on, you play with bad brains. Then in Paris, you play with dinosaur junior. And then you guys did a little tour with cat power. Yeah. Are Are you thinking about like these bands being who they are? And like, is that nerve wracking or just excitement or what's, how do they compare? Like, is one like, okay, we're friends with Cat Power, so it's not that big of a deal, or was it still a big deal? I don't know. I mean, tell you the truth, um, like even Cat Power, we went on that tour together, uh, played like five shows up the West Coast, 
but yeah. we we didn't we didn't really hang out too much other than that oh, okay. you know it's like she's got her band you know we we got the the skate crew it wasn't it wasn't like touring with bad bad shit of course you know what i mean yeah because uh, yeah touring with like other skate bands that's the whole vibe you all get together go to the chill in the hotel together and all that stuff but yeah any other bands like i mean dinosaur jr out you know that was just like um we just opened for them we didn't really even really meet each other i feel like you know so definitely more of a connection uh when the other band skates for sure you know well what's the biggest crowd that you played in front of um i would have to say um maybe even like oakland uh, on that cat power uh, uh i trip. was at that one yeah no it's epic uh we went yeah, and got you know a what? tattoo with atiba after nsf that's right we all got the ride it out uh <laughs> tattoo that's yep. right man that's epic dude i'd have to say though that cat power uh tour was like a little nerve-wracking because how many cat powers audience is a little different than yeah than the goats like skater uh kid audience yeah bitches I, in the bathroom yeah. the cat power audience is a trip that's really cool uh that she had us uh on her tour i'm yeah we're definitely blessed for that but i remember like we set it off that that trip our first uh show was in a uh, seattle and i remember that was my first time ever maybe my one and only time where i hadn't had any like drinks or any like alcohol before the show so huh. I was like, I don't know why, but I was just completely sober during that show uh, in Seattle with Cat Power. And I remember so clearly looking at the audience and they were just like, they were just like, what is this shit? <laughs> 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 Man. And so it kind of, it kind of was that vibe, you know, it's like, uh, I was tri tripping out that they had us on their show. Cause like her audience was not feeling the goat. That's for sure. <laughs> and I remember it's from the beginning to the end of that whole, that whole shit. Like it was Seattle, like Portland, then Oakland. Like I said, that was a big theater, big show, mm. good sound and everything. But you're just like, dude, do they even like this shit? And then the last stop of the tour was at home, basically on Sunset Boulevard, the Palladium. And oh. so we opened for the, the uh, cat power one last time at the Palladium. And wow. I remember like, I remember finishing and then I would go, go to the bar in the Palladium and order some drinks. And I would look up at this monitor and they had people were able to like type things and they would be like, read them on the monitor. And I remember looking up while I'm at the bar and it said, the goat got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, these cat power fans, they hate the goat, man. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's that was like the most intimidating uh band to play with just because the crowd, like we just knew like they they're they didn't get it. They're like, fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. I, I was gonna say Spanky didn't challenge uh cat power to an arm wrestling match in between shows. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah. No, like it's Trixie, that was so sick. That was sick. Yeah, that was a random. <laughs> A random tour yeah but yeah nothing like the skate skate rock tours man well, is dj screw still a heavy influence yeah yeah so like right now since i'm not playing the drums probably one of the reason a big reason why i'm not playing the drums is i finally learned how to dj oh and, and so look yeah, out romar so, 
<laughs> shit, man. No, Roll Art is the, the shit, man. But no, I just love, uh, yeah, mashing, taking two random songs, different uh, genres, mm. and, and putting them together. Ooh, I just love that. I want to like do that. Yeah. Oh, it's just the best. Just taking two songs that you, you really love that have nothing to do with each other and making them like together one on top of the other with the same tempo and shit. I think that's what my new passion is. And yeah, that pretty much I first time I really experienced that was DJ screw. Like he was just, uh, even though screw passed away in 2000, yeah. uh, from all the tapes and shit that I have heard of him, he was so good at that. You know, like taking some, some funk, or like even like an R and B kind of instrumental over some, mm-hmm. some gangster rap, you know. It, it was just and kind I really of slowing that. it down a little, right? Like taking yeah. a rap song and bringing it to the tempo that makes it. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, yeah. That's what he's known for. Um, yeah, on top of mashing and mixing is like he would slow the shit down too. But wow. sometimes it just seems that way too when you mash two songs and the tempo has to match. One song's gonna be slower. Uh-huh. You know, so, but anyway, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's How do you a, do it? What's your process? Is it digital? Is it all digital? Yeah. Like on a computer? Like do you use like an app or, or a, dude, some software? Dude. Yeah. So, um, this app, it's the same app that Atiba uses. Okay. And, and I learned about this app in 2015 and I, I think I purchased it on my iPhone for like $3 and the app is called uh, DJ, uh, DJ pro D J a Y pro is the name of the app. Uh-huh. And so I would mess with that on my phone and you could, you could do it all. Then you got the two turntables oh, and shit. you could, uh, match the tempos, make uh cue points, uh, even adjust like the, the pitches, uh-huh. uh, loops. You could do it all right there. And so, um, when I started, uh, getting like DJ gigs, like at, at the bar, like at black where um, all the skaters in Hollywood used to go to, um, they, they got me a gig there. And for the first few times I was like gigging there as a DJ on my phone, you know, it, it, you would just connect uh, the ox or whatever. And yeah. I would be sitting there in, in the corner of the bar in the booth, like DJing all night. And no it's way. just like people walking, like where, where's the DJs? Like, Oh, that's him. <laughs> Like, it just looks like I'm on my phone, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I need to do something to like change my, uh, I don't know, like my, like, um, my presence, like, like mm. I got to look more like I'm DJing. So I stepped it up to an iPad. I went from a fucking iPhone to an iPad with the same app. So everything's a little bigger. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, this is, and, but even then I did a few gigs with the iPad and it's the same thing. It's like, where's the DJ? Like, is he, that's the DJ with the <laughs> iPad? Like, you know, like he's, he's playing video games in the corner, you know, yeah. just like, but, um, and then finally, luckily I found, um, this, the, these turntables really small. I actually got it right here. I'm gonna try to show you. Yeah. Oh man. I love this shit. I think I'm, I'm afraid if I start, I won't do anything else. Like it seems like an addicting thing absolutely man but so check this out oh this. what yeah yeah so this is the ipad uh-huh you know and so this is the next level right here is oh, okay it's even got this little ipad like holder thing holder, right here. yeah 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 so 
Um, oh. And then, yeah, it connects with the USB or whatever to it. But this right here, this this uh, device, it's made by Pioneer, and it's called a, a WeGo 4. Uh-huh. And you got the turntables, you got uh, oh everything you need, everything. God. It's just like, I don't know, you see these DJs, you know, like with these big ass, uh, they call them like CDJs. It's like huge turntables, huge. Yeah. You know, and I'm just, I feel like I'm more capable doing anything I want to do with this tiny set of turntables, just right. as much as a CDJ. It's like another language. If I see a CDJ, I'm like, oh, what the fuck is all this? You know? Yeah. But but I could do every little, you know, lows, highs. Uh, I could cue up the next song on the on the headphones, you know, oh, like no it, it's everything you need. Yeah, it's amazing. So I think that was like at the time I bought it like four years ago for uh three hundred dollars. And, oh, and what? you know, it's so sick because this fucking controller, that's what they call it, a controller, these little turntables, uh-huh. this controller that weighs four pounds, it fits in any backpack. It fits in, it fits in this backpack. Even. Just, a, it just goes right in there. I just, I just wrap uh, like a sweater around it for padding, put it in the backpack. And if I go traveling or on a skate tour or something, I could just bring it with me. And then you never know. You know, you just get a gig at a, at a local bar while you're on tour. They're like, oh, Beagle's in town. He's got his DJ equipment. Let's let's hire him. You know, so that, yeah, yeah, it's so fun. Like to, oh, to have dude, that. That's sick. Yeah, dude. Yeah, okay. but that's I gotta that's look definitely for- that's the passion now, and and especially like to make edits for even like Instagram edits for Shake Junt or anything. Uh-huh. You get to customize your own songs. You know that no one's ever heard this version of this song and you know you make it right then and there just i'll record it on the app export it bring it in just edit to that so that's a whole nother thing uh to edit to your own uh mixes and music mm-hmm. and shit you know um is there a new mixtape uh, um so i only put out mixes on soundcloud for 420 and summer there's never like a winter mix or anything so every year birthday 420 yeah that's right that's right uh figgy and hayes brad hayes yeah um yeah i just love throughout the year uh accumulating like oh this would be sick for the 420 mix kind of put down my notes like some kind of like a trippy stony kind of sound or like a smoke song be like oh that's gonna go on the next 420 mix uh so when the time comes boom 420 mix and then a summer mix there's certain summer sounds that you know you're like ooh, that's going to be on the summer mix Ah. you know so those are just the two mixes a year that i look forward to and put out every year ever since uh like 2015 actually where can we find this what's the soundcloud so we go on soundcloud it's beagle oneism um I think it might be Beagle with the number one ism, okay. but but you'll see it. It's the one that has mixes, but right. there's yeah a bunch of summer mixes, four twenty mixes. Um, I How? think you know what I, I think I'm gonna up. Actually, I did. I did just upload two weeks ago. I haven't like promoted it on Instagram yet, but I did upload a mix that I made for uh for Zoomies, Zoomies hundred mm. uh, k party. Yeah, they do once a year. Uh. They they hired me to make this mix to play for the uh, the employees while they take the bus from uh-huh. uh, 
from the airport to Keystone. It's like a two hour ride, but yeah. I, I, I made a mix for them. Um, and, uh, I, I uploaded that to SoundCloud. So that'll be the most recent, uh, mix, but it's just an hour and 10 minutes straight, just back to back to back all the songs. No, no dead space, you know, of, of just like lit songs, you know, like, songs like to celebrate too it's really sick you got to give it a listen man it's funny. i will dude i'm going right dude. after this interview check it out and i might be buying one of those things and you in a couple of years it might be me you romar and atiba touring the world i don't know hey man <laughs> oh it's great man it's so Damn, it comes in it so handy seems so fun like i'm sure the beginning there's a learning curve where you're like how the fuck do i do this but once you get that right like where i can figure it out a little that's where the addiction takes over and you're like going to sleep thinking about it like i can't wait to wake up and do this like yeah know? oh i think you would love it yeah. for sure okay Sick. can we do two um rips because i know we lost uh gangsta boo and murdy since last time i've seen you i wanted to see if maybe we could do a little uh a, a tribute to Gangsta Boo the first time you met, maybe a little just influence. Um, I seen all those Instagrams and stuff. And like, I know like they were big in, you know, influences yeah. for you. And that was a big deal. Yeah, man. Uh, no, nah, thanks for asking. Um, yeah, Boo, uh, we actually just, um, two nights ago, <laughs> actually I was recovering all day yesterday, all mm. day. I was like, I knew it. I, I knew <laughs> I was going to be hung over. We got a hotel out in the, Long Beach at uh -huh. the Black Black Bar in Long Beach, where Boo, uh, she was always close with the with the the Black Black Bar, the one in Hollywood and the one in Long Beach, and oh. you know, like a lot of skaters run that bar and shit. So yeah, they like welcomed her and stuff. But uh, they had a nice uh, little like celebration of life uh, with like a slideshow and shit um, mm -hmm. just the other night for Boo, and oh, that boy. was really that was really sick. Uh, oh. But but Boo. Um, Man, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I had met Boo one time um, in a, at, at the Baker apartment, like 2008 or what? Yeah, it was 2000, like, I think it was 2008. But uh, man, the first time I met Boo, it was so crazy. Um, I had gone to a, a 3-6 Mafia concert in Anaheim that day uh, with Reno. We went in at that time, 3-6 Mafia it was only the the two uh like juicy producers J. yeah juicy j and dj paul uh -huh. by them it was only them in the group because uh -huh. others would just kind of fall off or they they'd have the uh, disagreements or whatever so we went and saw dj paul and juicy j um and so this is this is i'm just gonna get deep with this this is hijinks though okay so so sometimes uh i chip out like but uh things happen like in threes, you know, and yeah. you just you pay attention to it. You're like, Oh, one it happens twice. That's a coincidence. A third time. It's like, Whoa, like right. something's trying, something's trying to tell me something or guide me somewhere. So that particular day is one of those days. Something happened in threes. It was sick. Um, first off on the way to the, uh, the three, six mafia concert, I was drinking that crazy alcohol. Uh, it, it's almost like a four loco. It's called, juice juice <laughs> and it's uh it was 12 percent, 12 percent alcohol and it had energy in it and they okay. had like a re they had a recall uh with it just like for loco like college kids were dying because it was oh. too much too much caffeine and like malt liquor together so people were like 
just killing themselves. But I had drinking one of those. It was it was called Juice, uh, J-O-O-S-E. I drank one of those on the way to the concert. And then we saw DJ Paul and Juicy J. So like Juicy J was like the second like juice, like ah. juice, juice. And then at the end of the day, we got back home. And then my my homie, uh, his he who goes by the name Juice, he was there, and he he was like, "Hey, Biggs, uh, you don't mind if uh, Gangsta Boo comes over, right? Uh, she's got a she's trying to pick up a, a bag." And I'm, I'm like, "What the fuck you mean, Gangsta Boo?" Like, and he's like, and then he he gets her on the phone, and then there I am talking to Gangsta Boo on the phone. And she's <laughs> like, "Yo, yo," she's like, "Hey, so how do I get there? I take the 101 South." I'm like. Ooh, what the fuck? Oh shit, yeah. 101 South, exit Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see you. And so uh I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is too coincidental that like the third juice brought us to Gangsta Boo, the third juice of the day. And huh. and and also just the fact we saw Three Six Mafia that day, and then an OG Three Six Mafia member, Gangsta Boo, like came to the apartment that night. But Dude. couldn't believe it. So uh she came and uh parked her uh, little convertible bands in the uh, mobile station downstairs. And I went outside with uh, juice because um, yeah, she was, she needed uh, some, some beaks <laughs> from, uh. from the homies. So, so anyway, yeah, she's out partying. And uh, anyway, I had rolled her um, a strawberry Swisher blunt and <laughs> I brought her some, some shake junk stickers and, and I went down there and I was like, like, Hey boo, like I'm beagle. Uh, I brought you this. And I gave her the, the blunt and the stickers and the sticker, you know, Shake Junt box logo. She's like, Shake Junt. It's like, what you know about Shake Junt? Like, that's a Memphis term. And I was like, yeah, I know. That's why I brought you this it's for you. He's like, oh, okay, okay. And so that was it. That was the first time I met wow. Boo. And then, and then she drove to Santa Monica that night, partied or whatever. But it was like a brief encounter. You know, I was able to, to bless her with a, a blunt and some stickers. And then years go by, like five years uh, to like, 2013 and i'm following her on instagram and i could see oh shit she lives in la now or she moved here because she started dating uh her boyfriend out here so she moved from memphis to la like full time and i reached out to her on that i was like hey i don't know if you remember me and she didn't she didn't remember that night at all but i had this <laughs> i had this uh three six mafia um collage that i made with all the album covers and shit mm. and, and like it, it was like all framed and I, I hit her up like, hey, cool if we link up. Maybe I can have you sign this, you know. And I, and I think I brought her like some happy hour shades, and uh, and I, I had her sign that shit. And ever since then, we we just kept in in touch. And uh, yeah, we gave her shake junk shirts and stuff. Yeah, and then you, yeah, yeah. And then uh, yeah, we introduced her to you know the the bar black, and and she just loved it. She she was so. Uh, accepted by all the skaters and everything they're like dude gangsta boo three six mafia and, and yeah. she just always appreciated skaters and skating too so it's like a sick connection that we had like with the og three six mafia member you uh -huh. know and we, we just like, inspired each other and shit it was so cool but she's actually the one that got me my first dj gig at black like oh. she's the reason she's the reason i started djing uh in a bar on the phone it, like she called me one day for her birthday party she's like hey we, you know because she knew i was messing with the app on the phone and she's like would you be down to uh dj my birthday party and i'm like i'm down but i just do it on my phone you know and she's like hey it's all good i don't care so she 
like got me my first gig uh and and yeah i got my foot in the door with djing and stuff so i like yeah i owe her uh i don't know appreciation for that you know that's so cool dude what a what a full circle i mean triple six for sure heavy influences and then like to meet them like huge and then all of a sudden friends and then like hey here's an opportunity for you you're like wow my life's kind of cool (laughs) yeah yeah and she was gangsta boo was so sick because uh she just just such a real one you know like you could Mm. she you know like my girlfriends at the time she would make them feel comfortable you know like you know like some girls are like oh who's this yeah that's a girl like oh what's what does she want with my man or something she was just always like just made everybody feel so comfortable and shit and uh okay and it's just you could talk to her about anything like and she would never feel insulted or or Mm. grossed out or something like you know she was just raw like just like one of the homies you know really cool um yeah yeah that is uh it's definitely a big loss uh to Mm. not have boo on this planet because she was so hijinks uh, such a character you know it's like wow it, it's it is a bummer we're definitely gonna miss her you know yeah having her at like events and shit it's, it's a bummer yeah well just like everybody else that we lose it's like you know high level people we just have to be stoked that we did have the time with them you know like fuck it it sucks that they're gone but it's like the only way we can think is like man but we had those opportunities you know like Hell That's yeah. what I keep trying to do with the loved ones that we keep losing. I'm just like, well, mm-hmm. I had a lot of miles. Like I got a yeah. lot. I, I got them on video talking. I can check, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. It's good. What, what about the dog? That was a tough one, right? That was like two years ago. Uh, Yeah. 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 It's like did, exactly. Did you... It was 2021 August. Uh, it was a Friday the 13th, but, no. uh, wow. but yeah, that was, um, Wow, that's so so heavy too. But also grateful that Murdy was—he uh, lived to be nine years old. You know, Ooh. so I mean, when I had Murdy as a puppy, and you know, I, I was always thought to myself, like, I hope he lives past five years old at least. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, he—I need at least ten years out of this guy. You know, is, dude, that's how uh, we feel about our dog. Yeah. Oh, dude, for sure, man. So yeah, every day's uh, a blessing, but Mm. yeah, man, shit just got like, um, you know, unfortunately in 2020, my, um, ex wife, she wanted to get a divorce, you know? And so I went through that. I went through like a separation and divorce and, and, uh, you know, luckily I was able within a couple months, I just, you know, moved on really quick and met, uh, the girl that I'm with now. I've been oh. with her for about two and a half years. I'm super happy with her. Okay. And uh, so, you know, through that time, it's like, it's like that kid, that, that custody, you know, that the dog Murdy, it was oh, like, fuck, right. you know, I still got this ex like in my life. Who's being hijinks. Who's like on drugs, fucked up, like, oh. just like trying to make my life difficult, even though it was her whole idea to be separated, you know? Mm. So, I had no choice but to to move on, you know, happily with my life. So then I got this ex kind of just kind of holding Murdy over my head, you know, uh, like, you yeah. know, and it's like it, it, what it, it came down to it. Like Murdy wasn't was not 100 percent my dog. If anything, I, I say 
he was like 49% my dog, and 50, <laughs> 51% her dog, just because okay. she had took him home it, uh, to begin with. So I'm like, yep. all right, if I didn't know her, I wouldn't know Murdy. Okay. So it's almost like as much as I want to be like, hey, fuck off. Like, you're not seeing Murdy. It's like, well, if she asked for Murdy, okay, here it is, the custody, share the uh, custody. You know, so it's like a couple of weeks here, a couple of weeks there. And yep. then it just got it just got nasty to where the the ex was just just so messed up and and just kind of trying to hey, you're never gonna see Murdy again, you know. And and then mm. meanwhile, I'm just like, man, like stressing out, um, you know, my my new lady, like, oh, why why do we even have to deal with this girl mm. like trying to like get money and uh, you know trying to like like keep Murdy from you? So anyway, it got to this point where. Uh, in May 2021, that was like the last time I saw Murdy. It was like she was being like not cooperating, telling me you're never going to see him again. And then like two or three months went by and then she just kind of calls me out the blue. Uh, my ex is like, oh, yeah, hey, Murdy's dead. Or I'm like, what? And, you know, like, yeah, he had something in his paw and I didn't treat it in time or I, I wrapped oh. it up in a bandage and then I gave him a bath one night and he just kind of just passed in, you know, after that. And I'm just like, Oh my God. But like, you know, obviously it's the worst news in the world, but yeah. I, but on the, um, you know, if there is any bright side to it, it's like almost like Murdy, he almost like sacrificed himself or something. He was just like, you know what? Like, I'm just kind of like make this easier for you and you don't got to deal with, your ex-wife uh, and like it's just like so now that that's happened you know like that I cut all the ties cut off so i'm like all right now there's nothing like connecting us which is great you know okay. i could like move on with my life and you know what sorry dude, i didn't doing. know that's wow yeah but like that's why you know it's like if if murdy were with me this whole time he'd be here he'd be happy mm. he'd be skating and everything but it's just it just really got down to a a, a custody uh, like bitter, you know, just, and she's just fucked up on drugs. And so really yeah. ne neglectful, like bad mom, you know, mm. and I know she loved Murdy more than anything, but still she was just like unfit, you know, mom. And it's just, I just couldn't do anything about it. Right. I was just like, I just couldn't be like, fuck off. It's my dog. Cause I just had that, that spot where I'm like, ah, well she did bring Murdy around. So, mm. you know, so yeah, man, it was heavy and uh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely, yeah, missed the shit, shit out of Murdy. But what, uh, what was his biggest accomplishment? Did he ever step to El Toro? Uh, dude, he went to El Toro uh three times, <laughs> and he got he got like maybe thirteen stairs down. But the fact is, yeah, El Toro it it is steep, so yeah. you could see like on the footage. I don't think I ever put the footage out, but okay. he. He gets on the board himself. I actually, man, Murdy was so sick that he got so good at skating and was such a real skateboarder that it got to the point where I could just, it'd just be me and Murdy on the sesh, and I'll be like 30 feet away, long lens, and I'll be like, Murdy, skateboard, <laughs> skateboard. And he would look at me from so far away and just like step on the board and just yeah. start going, you know? And it, it it was like that at El Toro. I I wanted him to step on the board himself. Like I didn't want to just like push Murdy down El Toro. I wanted the world to see like he is choosing 
to ride down El Toro all by himself. So I would just be standing there long lens, like, Marty, skateboard, <laughs> skateboard. You know, and he'd kind of like look around like, man, are you serious? Like, this is fucking El Toro. <laughs> all right. And he tried it. He tried it three different days. But wow. But then, uh, yeah, eventually uh, another skater dog, um, Rowdy, who's a female dog. It's like a, a doc, Dotson. It's mm-hmm. like a wiener dog. Mm-hmm. She's became a really good skateboarder. And she actually looked up to Murdy uh, at one point as inspiration. So it's all love. But she, uh, man, she did like a hippie jump. It was like there was a a, a barrier or, or like a like a closed uh, bar on the top of El Toro, like a skate stopped, and she straight up had her board on the top of the stairs, and she she runs and jumps through the bar onto the board, and then goes down the twenty stair. Did it perfectly. Oh and I remember, my uh, god! Yeah, and, and my homies were like uh, texting me like, "Yo, you see this dog beef." Like you see this man, somebody did El Toro before Moody. And I, you know, I was like, damn, I'm like, that is low. But at the same time, like, fuck it. Murdy was not going to do it. He tried uh, it. He had his chance, you know, uh, Rowdy, uh, got there while she could. Wow. And, uh, and then we, we just moved on to, to other steps, you know, like, uh-huh. uh, uh, that's when Murdy did Hollywood 16 instead, you know, Ooh. even though it's, you know, it's 16 and not 20, they're like big steps. Yeah. So, and I mean, uh, He's also done uh, in front of the uh, Disney Hall building downtown. There's like a 27 stair. He's done that. He's done 27 stairs. Wow. So I always wanted to uh, get him in the, the book of uh, Guinness Book of World Records. You know, I always huh? wanted to be like like dog skating down the most amount of stairs, 27. Yeah. You know, so I don't know uh, if there's any other dogs that have done more than 27 stairs. You got you know? it documented? Yeah. 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 Maybe look, send him an email and just be like, yeah. dude. I think I do. I, I have tried. Sick. I have okay. tried to reach out, but I haven't got a response or whatever. Okay. But uh but yeah, that was that 27 and uh Hollywood 16 was definitely his biggest accomplishment. And Murdy. Shake Junk gave him a deck, right? Oh hell yeah. Sick yeah. ass board, yeah. Yeah. Murray the dog board, yeah. No, great man. He, he has his own signature uh Shake Junk dog leash also Sick. yeah no so yeah definitely stoked to have had him in our lives but yeah i can't imagine i just can't imagine having another dog like after murdy you know it's oh, like okay i just can't imagine you know i and so, if i do if i do have another dog i'm probably not gonna have it skate i'm mm. probably it'll just be another i don't know i just can't i i don't know it just did that and and that was murdy and he'll forever you know have that that place but yeah. uh might okay. have to be a different type of dog or something well thanks for sharing that dude i love yeah. you i appreciate these stories um yeah let, let's talk about nowadays what's going on who's in the van the most who's i heard antoine's fucking busting doing a bunch of shit like dude yeah what, what's going on are we working on anything like what are you guys doing um so right now we're actually uh hopefully by the end of the year we're going to put out a full length baker has a death wish part two video okay. nice. so uh that's kind of the the main project we're working on right now um other than that uh there's going to be a, a shake junk uh venture truck collaboration mm. which will have a we'll have a small uh video for that with the shake junk uh venture riders okay so i'm working on that right now there's also 
um, a Shake Joint America shoe collaboration coming out, uh, I think in March. And so uh, we we all went to Texas and filmed for that in December. So right now I'm I'm editing that, making a, a sick little video uh, to promote that. Cool. So um, yeah, good little collaboration uh, projects throughout the year, but mainly like we got to get this Baker as Death Wish Part Two, yeah. you know, and um, and yeah, Antoine man, uh, uh, I haven't really skated with Antoine. Like he's kind of been going out. Uh, like with donut kind of filming, uh, kind of low key on his own oh, missions. Uh-huh. But, uh, but I, I have, uh, skate with him a few months ago at the skate park and filmed them a little bit. And it's so cool to see that he really is like on some Baker three shit, you know, like he, he's skating as good as he did when he was like no seven, 17, you know, that like rips. 15 years later, just finally. Um, yeah, I know he had, he had a, uh, a daughter about a year and a half ago and he just had a son about a half year ago. So he's got two kids Ooh. and I think that's probably, you know, got him sparked, you know, like yeah. hey, got to get back, get, get right on the board. So well, that's I bet good. that brought a lot of focus and then you take that focus to skateboarding and then it's like the talents there. You just got to get the rust off. And then all of a yeah. sudden you're like, yeah. Yeah, no, but that's good to see. Good to see him skating as good as he did, you know, back and then, then sick. And true or false, I'm hearing rumors Aquaman has a death wish. Jason Momoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he does, dude. He does have a death wish, man. (laughs) That fool rips, man. Yeah. Yeah, he shreds. He he could uh, film, skate, rolling long lens. Really? So sick to see. Yeah. You guys kick it with him. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, you could tell he really grew up on some some Baker videos and and skated. You know, he's sick. Aquaman. Is there any new young guns like uh, some guys like that are just AMs that are starting to rip that are going to be the next Cater or Zach or whatever? Um, yeah, dude, definitely. Yeah, there's a kid. Uh, there's Noah in Florida. I think he's like 16. Mm. Uh, Noah is is gonna. He'll probably have a full part in that big ass Death Wish. Um, there's Brian O'Dwyer mm. um, uh, from the East Coast. Okay. He's killing it. Um, yeah, the there's the homie Mingus out here in mm. LA. Uh, he's twenty. Uh, he's killing it. Yeah, there's definitely there, you'll you'll see some new some new blood out there. You still got my goon f- helping you film, <laughs> Felix. Um, oh hell yeah, dude! No, <laughs> fell man. He used to co- he used to come up to SF and we'd kick it with Alyssa and it was just like my goons, my goons. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he's hyped, man. No, Fell loves it. Yeah, Fell, yeah, films for Baker as well, and okay. he's always going out with uh, Zach and T Funk and all them. He's part of the the Pedlo, Pedlo Mafia. They all grew up skating that park, so yeah, yeah, it's good to have Fell in the mix. Well, last year I made an early prediction, like around this time, I was like, T-Funk is skater of the year. I'm calling it now. It was like January of last year. And I still, Uh, I voted for him. I thought, you know, no disrespect to anyone, like whoever won, won and like whatever. But uh, this year I'm going in and I'm saying, Pedro Delfino, if you guys are going to end the year with Baker as a death wish, this is your year to be skater of the year. You can do it, my friend. Yeah, no, for real, man. He definitely, you know what? Yeah, after these skate of the years pass, you're always like, wait, 
can he ever do that again? Like he came yeah. so close to like winning yeah. Sodi. And, and what did you do? Like you nearly killed yourself like throughout the whole year. Yeah. And you didn't win it. Like, are you going to actually top that shit again? You know, it's like, like, like Figgy, for example, like right. could have, could have gotten Sodi a, a couple different years. And you always yeah. feel for him. Like, God damn. Like, like yeah. can you, can you do this again? But even gnarlier, you know, <laughs> But then it all comes down to it. It's like, you know, it's just fun. It's all fun. The Sony yeah, thing. But absolutely. Um, yeah. I just love getting it, getting these guys fired up though. It's like uh, you know, the young bucks are just fucking they're so hungry for it. And you just get you gotta kinda almost be the wise guy that's helping them a little be like, Hey, like if you you know, massage this and do this, like you're right there, like you got this. Yeah. So that's well, fun. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, you've been doing this like over 20 years. What keeps you excited uh, about filming clips still and like getting out there and doing it? Like what, what keeps you like, I want, yeah, I'm there. Let's go. Like, I mean, really, I, I this bar always raises. I, I like to know what year we're in, you know, I'm like, all right, 2023, you know, mm -hmm. like I don't want to film something that would have been sick in, in, you know whatever year 20 2002 2008 like i i like to keep it current you know like uh on a skill level so that pushes me it pushes me like you know when i was filming andrew uh just recently at at jaquan mm -hmm. uh that that spot that's been on on willis yeah. and western forever it's been yeah. there since the 70s there's just mm -hmm. footage of it like since the beginning of skateboarding and to be there at the gap to ledge filming Andrew in 2023 doing a trick that's holds up like for this year. Like that's my favorite shit. You know, it's like, man, that we're still doing it. We're still like staying with the bar, like pushing skating, pushing the skill, you know, like NBDs is still like a major, you know, if I see a homie trying to trick that I never seen done before, it's just like, Oh wow. That's, that's what I like to see. That's my motivation is to, not just do the same old shit, but just kind of push it just a little more and a little more. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Sick, dude. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, Do you want to mention anything about the hijinks? Uh, you guys got oh. like a YouTube channel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's dude, going yeah. on with that? Because I, my, my, I don't have lots of time to watch. I sometimes I don't even watch what's on Thrasher, but don't tell yeah. anybody. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I hear I hear good things. Like my friend McKenny, he's like, dude, Beagle and, and Shane Allen, they got all in. They're like, oh, yeah. yeah. So dude, uh, that's sick, man. Give a plug yeah. for it. Yeah, dude. So we got the YouTube uh channel, Hijinksnet. Uh -huh. okay. And uh yeah, on Hijinksnet, you'll find uh one of our segments uh that we started uh, kind of uh started doing is Beagle tapes. So right now there's 116 different episodes of beagle tapes wow and so those are uh basically i got tapes from you know 99 to uh, 2015 uh 2200 tapes you know and and i like to just <laughs> just just, just kind the of the whole tape like unedited basically so no it'll be trimmed a little bit you know okay. like yeah just a little bit of dead space you know will be trimmed between uh -huh. tries and get just a little smoother Okay. You know, so I'll I'll edit it and shit. But uh, yeah, just pick a a, a, t a year, a tape, and yeah, I just got these these log books where I could just flip open and be like, oh, the the Wilshire fifteen uh, this night, 
you know, uh-huh. Greco, you know, and then put that tape. So it's really uh, a treat. It's really uh, nostalgic for people like us that yeah. have been in the game for 20 years to go, go check out our Beagle Tapes episode. And it'll okay. like, you, you'll relive memories and see the behind the scenes of the session. So oh, that's that fun. Rips. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also, there's like solo video parts and, and there's a shrimp, shrimp blunt, which is the, the newest shake jump video. Uh, oh. It came out last year in March. It's full length, 50 minute shake jump video. Mm. Uh, that's on hijinks net. That's one of the, the best videos to watch right now. Okay. So yeah, to check it out, go to hijinks net and you'll definitely find some shit uh, you'll like. I'm, I'm on it. I'm sick. I got, I got some uh, things to do this afternoon. I gotta get, <laughs> I gotta download this app. I gotta look online for prices on these turntables and uh, yeah, you know, but uh, let's end it with a good jam. What song would you like to throw on as, as a ender? Let's play a song that's permanently stuck in my head. Um, it's almost like some three, six mafia kind of elevator uh, music, very hypnotic. Let's play. Yeah. They done fucked up. Fuck be yeah. Sick. Thank you. Dude, dog. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for taking the time and good seeing your face. And hopefully we can fucking do a two timer in person. dude. We, I got to cross paths with y'all soon. Let's go now. Yes. We are. <laughs> hey, thanks. Thanks so much. Baby. Great to see you. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Bye bye. You too. All right, late. Shoot up in this fucking car with the phone and five shoot up in this fucking car with the phone and five shoot up in this fucking car with the phone and five shoot up in this fucking car with the phone and five shoot up in this fucking car with the phone and five shoot up in this fucking car with the phone and five shoot